welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, July the 28th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's love today. It is so good. Thank you for being present with me as we end, gosh, the month of July. We are at the end of it already as we take a look at these readings um, for the 17th Sunday of Ordinary Time. I said readings, plural, which was incorrect. We're actually only going to take a look at the gospel, which is from Matthew's gospel. It's going to follow immediately after the last two readings that we did the last two weekends. If you remember two weekends ago, Jesus told the parable of the sower and the seeds. And last weekend, Jesus told, or we heard, the parables, three of them, uh, one about the the wheat and the weeds uh, in the in the field, the um, uh, parable of the mustard seed, and then the parable of the woman uh, with the yeast and and letting that infect the whole dough. So those were sequential, and now we're going to follow those up with another parable that Jesus is going to tell us of what the kingdom of God is like. In fact, he uses many images within this. And, and so what I invite us to do, you've heard this a hundred times. Don't let that get in the way of the Spirit bringing it to you in a new way. Okay? That's very important here. Um, because Jesus is inviting us to think differently. And to help us think differently, I've invited a special guest on the podcast with us here this weekend. And say hello to the people out there. Molly, this is our daughter. Renee's and my daughter. Molly, Mary, Margaret. Molly, what do you have to say to our Cup of Joe listeners here this weekend? Hello. <laughs> um, uh... <laughs> See, I tell you, I know how to pick them. She <laughs> is full of lots of wisdom. And, uh, and, you know, honestly, for those of you who know Molly, uh, know the great depth that she carries with her. And I thought not only uh, would it be great to hear this uh, wonderful woman proclaim the gospel for us, but to share some of her thoughts on it as well. So we're going to do that here momentarily. As we begin, as always, I simply invite you to set aside whatever anxieties, worries, um, thoughts, that are maybe burdening you with this day. We don't need them right now, okay? For the next 20 minutes, set them aside. We can pick them back up shortly. But for right now, let's open ourselves to what the Spirit of God has to tell us in the Gospel reading. Again, far more important than anything I have to say, probably even far more important than anything Molly has to say. Um, Let the Spirit of God speak to you through a word, through a phrase, through an idea, through an image, Gosh, through one of these images that Jesus is going to give us. And so settle yourself and open yourself to the gospel. For those who want to read along with, we are going to read Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. Okay? So let's open ourselves to the word of God. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of a great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into a sea which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all of these things? They answered, Yes. And he replied, Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, I guess the first thing I would invite us, well, even before I do that, again, remember, was there an image, a phrase, an idea? Sit with that. Let that be how the Spirit of God speaks to you. But I love this. Again, Jesus uses these agrarian images, right? He's talking to an agrarian people. And, and he's using images of sowers and seed and, and women kneading dough with yeast. They would understand that. Um, and they would understand this image of, of what a mustard seed or this mustard tree grows into and from which it came. Um, but what, what I want to invite us to, first of all, is this idea of the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. The kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea. Brothers and sisters, when you think of the kingdom of heaven, what is it you think of? What images come to mind? And, and listen, there's no correct answer because I'm not going to sit here and tell you where you're wrong because I, I don't know. Jesus is inviting us to use our imaginations here, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a sower that goes out and sows a seed. It's like this field filled with wheat and weeds, but it's also like a treasure buried in a field. And a, a person, when they find it, hides it again and goes and sells everything they have to buy that. Not part of what they have. Not, I'll take things out of my savings, that cushion, that rainy day money, because I'm going to keep this other money here and do what I need to. Goes and sells everything they have and buys that field. Or this pearl of great price. That when they find this pearl, they go and sell all that they have to buy it. This image of our God isn't invite. He's not interested in lukewarm, right? I mean, again, I think that's a, a Lucan image from the, the Gospel of Luke where, uh, you know, he's like, hey, man, if, if, if you're drinking this lukewarm stuff, <clears throat> God's going to spit it out of his mouth. Because God wants us to be hot or cold. Choose a side. At least we can't um, pretend that we're not, you know, with our, both of our feet in one camp or another. Don't, don't do the with or without. Don't be in this middle place. It's all or nothing. 
And that's what our God is inviting us into. What is it in your life? Really, this is, this is a legitimate question, not rhetorical. What is it in your life for which you would give everything you have? And what is stopping you and I, because i got to put myself in there, from doing and giving that same amount on behalf of the kingdom of God? Molly, thoughts on the gospel we just heard? Yeah, um, a lot of thoughts, and I like what you said. I mean, my answer to the question, what first comes to mind, uh, for what would I sell everything I have? Uh, probably tickets to the Eras tour again, but <laughs> of course, I mean, that kind of leads me to thinking. <laughs> Second row, by the way. <laughs> I would probably have to sell everything I have for those. <laughs> um, but it kind of leads me to thinking, some of the other things um, that came up. So I like what you said about, you know, the well, let's get my thoughts in order here. It's hard to actually answer that question because, you know, I can joke about it being tickets to a Taylor Swift concert, but we're also told so often that the the treasures of, you know, our world are nothing compared to that of heaven. And so it's hard to say for, for what would we give everything when there should be no equivalent to the kingdom of heaven. And I think that maybe I do get a little bit caught up on the, you know, minute details of some of these parables versus the larger message. Um, and, you know, like I, I mentioned, the, the kingdom of heaven being like a treasure buried in a field. Um, what stuck out to me with that was that it's a person finds it and hides it again. Um, and, you know, I think if if the treasure is the kingdom of heaven, why are we hiding that? But I understand, of course, the point is to that the price of heaven is, is our lives and, and living, um, living for Christ. And so it is, it is hard to kind of just put that into the perspective of something that we also have no context for, yeah. of what yeah. does that actually look like. And I think what we need to focus then on is rather than how do we equate this treasure to something we can comprehend, but like how do we practically sell everything we have and, you know, and buy that because we're not going to sell everything we have. We live in the 21st century. We need stuff. You know, we don't need as much stuff as we have, but we need stuff. Right. Um, so what does that actually mean? What it, does that mean? Giving more to um, the church, to nonprofits, to, you know, giving more of your time, giving, um, giving away your stuff. You, you know, we all probably are overloaded by stuff and that takes up time and space in our brains. And how can we be better using that? Um, that's kind of where I, I am. Well, and I love that last image of, of saying, okay, do we give away more of our things that we're, we all maybe carry too much of that baggage? And it reminds me of that, um, again, that parable, maybe not a parable, excuse me, that story in both Matthew and, and Luke's gospel of the rich young ruler who comes by and says, hey, Jesus, you know, I followed all the commandments all my life. Uh, what must I, I do to obtain the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus looks at him with love and says, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. But the man walked away sad because he was very rich, right? And he had many possessions. But effectively, those possessions had him, right? And I think, Molly, your point is right. I think, I think we, it's just second nature. It's the air we breathe, whether it's keeping up with the Joneses or, or just the, the market capitalism that we live in or whatever it is, that there's always more out there. Amazon is only a click away where I can, I can get more. And, and the question is, 
do we need more? And what is this doing for us? And how is this shaping us to be the people we want to be? And not just to consume, not just to be comfortable, but, but what, what is it? And, and what possesses us versus what we possess? And I think that is part of what our God is, is inviting us to here is, is maybe this pearl that we, we have to sell is this image of ourselves that I want to portray to, to those in my uh, workplace or those in my family or those in my group of friends or those in my community. Or maybe it is those, those things that, that I want for whatever reason, but I don't need in my life because they don't make me better. They make me more comfortable. They make life, you know, what? And there's always that give and take. There's always that give and take. We're not Puritans here, but it's realizing, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not just something I want to buy when I'm 85 years old and I'm, I'm knocking on death's door. The kingdom of heaven is now. So why am I waiting for that, uh, to purchase that? I feel like the stakes always feel a little bit higher, maybe when you're younger, right? You yeah. know, yeah. especially the way that our culture glorifies the young and, and sells to the young and, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, creates yeah, the culture yeah. around um, that idea that, the, yeah. the idea of what, what the young are and have and will spend money on. Um, and, you know, so it really is harder to, I think, consider that of what does it, you know, mean to to sell everything and live for the kingdom of heaven until, you know, in, in a sense, the stakes feel lower maybe when you're older. And that doesn't mean that's right and that's what we should be doing. But... Um, and I think that's where I, you know, I don't really know what it means, but we have to look at how to live for heaven. Well, and I think when when one is younger and Molly is 24, um, the perspective is very different than somebody who's 58. And I'm just using that number randomly, you know, pulling that out of the air. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but again, that uses that image of the kingdom of heaven is always out there and I can always purchase it later. But if we really find that pearl of great price, if we really find that hidden treasure, we're not going to say, I'm going to hide it now, but when I'm 60, I'll come back and I'll buy it. You know, it's saying, what is there? And, and really, this is, it goes back to that question. What is there in our life for which we would sell everything? Because that is the guiding light, the guiding force. It is that which animates us in this world. And I think that brings us back to kind of what we've already established. If we know that that thing is the kingdom of heaven, what is stopping us right now? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What is going on within me that is stopping it? I want to move us ahead. Two more images I want to get to. Uh, the first is I love that image of the net thrown into the sea. So this is the third image Jesus uses, the third parable within this series. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects every fish, excuse me, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore. Brothers and sisters, did you hear what Jesus just said? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. Not just the kind you like. Not just the kind that are like you. Not just the kind that I'm like, I'm going to hang out with at my school or at my work because they think like me or they act like me or their, their values are the same as me. Fish of every kind. How are we going to do 
when we are in a community called the kingdom of heaven, when there are people of every race and color and creed and gender and and all these differences. You know, it, it reminds me of the 21st chapter of John, which again is one of my favorite chapters in all of scripture. But, uh, you know, it's after the resurrection. It's the epilogue. And Peter says to some of his buddies, I'm going back out fishing. They go out. They catch nothing all night. Jesus walks on the seashore and, uh, and says, hey, have you caught anything? They say, no. He says, throw it the, the, uh, you know, the nets off to the right-hand side. Uh, and they do. They catch the, the nets are to the point of tearing. And John recognizes, or the disciple that Jesus loved, recognizes it is the Lord. Peter dives into the water. There's a whole lot going on there. But eventually... When they get up there on the land, Jesus says to them, bring some of the fish you just caught. And so Simon, now this, now I'm reading chapter 21, verse 11 here, verbatim. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. What an odd thing to say. I mean, that's a very specific number, right? We don't get that specific unless there's a reason for that. And, and the reason, at least, what Jerome, St. Jerome, one of the greatest biblical scholars in the history of, of Christianity, in the 5th century said his Greek zoologist had recorded at that point 153 different species of fish. And so the gospel writer is saying, listen, every species of fish, meaning every person, Every nation, every creed, every color, you name it, is all going to be present in the kingdom of God. And so we go back here to Jesus uses that same image. The kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown in the sea, which collects fish of every kind. How are you going to be with that? How am I going to be with that? Because if that's an unsettling thought for us, don't just think of the kingdom of heaven again as something that we will ascend to or come to at the end of our life, we are invited for that to animate us now. We're invited to buy it now. We're invited to embrace it now. So how do we do that now within our life? I, uh, there's nothing that I can add to that that can say it better than what the scripture is saying. It's just that every kind of, every kind of fish will be there. And how wonderful that is. And yes, scary. That's okay. But how wonderful. Last thing I want to say. Last line of the scripture. Then every scribe. Okay, so he says to his disciples, do you understand this? I think they just bail and say yes. I mean, they're not going to say, I don't know that we do. You know, can you explain it more? I mean, they're just like, sure, sure we do. You know, like, like we understand and I don't, you know, this is beyond me. But anyway, so they say yes. And then he says, okay. Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from their storeroom both the new and the old. I love that image. You know, we live in a culture today that is so polemic, right? That is so divided. That is so, you got to be red or blue. You got to be conservative or liberal. You got to be um, uh, black or white. You got to be this or that. Whatever you name, whatever it is. And what Jesus is saying here, at least what I'm hearing, is how he says, listen, 
those who are going to be wise, those who are going to be stewards of my kingdom, who are going to live it into being, have to bring from that storeroom both the new. We have to think differently. We have to go to places we've never been before. And the old, that tradition, that part of us, that foundation upon which we stand. We don't get rid of either. We cannot be guided solely by who we have been, but we cannot let who we have been keep us from becoming someone new. It is both and. And I love Jesus' challenge to us in this way. I think it is a good challenge, and I think it's something that actually is maybe one of the more challenging things that we've said in this podcast in a world that is becoming increasingly more polarized um, and divided. And, you know, it is it is hard to think about what what is both new and old look like. And, right. and how do we live it now? I mean, we, we're creating a whole new a whole new paradigm in a sense. Yeah. I think, I mean, there is just a lot to chew on in this. And, you know, really it's just a lot of self-reflection that needs to happen for each person based on what what is uncomfortable to you and how do we sit in that and grow from that and learn from that. And and where is this, the, the kingdom of God within that? Because we can't just, that doesn't mean let's just accept something new for what it is and who cares, you know? That's not what it's saying at all. We have to be um, really discerning. We have to be wise and say, Lord, where are you in this? And open ourselves to it. Uh, but at the same time, bringing that which us from, from our, our, our tradition, our history, our past, and melding them into something new. We're creating a whole new vision. Uh, and we get to be a part of it. It's God's vision. It's not ours. Um, but we can't be afraid of that. And that's exciting stuff. Molly, we're about ready to, to do our prayer at the end. Any final words you want to say in our gospel today? Yeah, just to kind of wrap it up for me, I think, you know, like for me, there's a lot of discomfort and a lot of reflection that really um, – comes to me from this reading but there's also a lot of hope and I think you know if we're talking that is to me that's where we find God in this is in this hope of of what can be and what we're striving for and so well said well said and with that my friends let's bring all this to prayer again I'm grateful for Molly being present tonight I'm grateful for you all uh, being here with to to break open God's word uh, alongside Molly and I and so we, uh, we bring this to prayer, and we are going through the uh, luminous mysteries. And so we begin, as we always do, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. <laughs> <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
<laughs> Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us <laughs> Molly clearly just really gets, you know, overjoyed with prayer. <laughs> pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thank you for being present. May your week be filled with every good joy. Be well and God's peace.